Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Yes. All right. We're in business. Yes. Perfect. Hello, Brock. Hello, Cameron. Whoa. I'm glad that we're doing this new thing where you record your audio separately than mine because um, Skype has shifted into World War II, uh, like a backpack telephone quality. Um, no. Well, I'm using that is actually what I'm doing. I'm sort of doing a period thing where um, it's a, mm. I have I'm having a bit of a reaction against technology and the um, shininess of life, and yeah, I'm going full. I wouldn't. It's not hipster. It's like um, the deconstructed. Uh, depressed I, I like hipster that version. You you've deconstructed back to a completely arbitrary point in history. Um, so I think that is kind of hipster of you. Well, um, I was worried that it would sound that way, so I was trying to think of a way to pretend it wasn't, which is also very hipster. So I guess I'm just trapped there. True. Yeah. No. It's a you're you're cosplaying as a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As a World War II radio guy. Ah, uh, yes, World War II, where your radio guy was a guy because the, the thing that you needed to call the base on was the size of a man. <laughs> <laughs> like, the guy, and then that guy would die. <laughs> your, your radio, your man-sized radio would die, and someone else would have to take the mantle of the, the radio. And now, and now you can check Twitter from your pocket. What a freaking off my lawn with your tiny smartphones. Yeah, that's definitely uh, cool. Especially, you know, yeah. war and everything. It's awesome. Uh-huh. I was trying to go with just the, like, goofiness of the technology <laughs> and not the, 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 the sadness of war. What do you need, baby? So I'm up here. I'm Felix and I are awake together. So this is going to be an interesting adventure. Maybe Felix yeah. should just run things from now on. I'm not ruling it out. Uh, okay, that's fine. You can do that. I mean, I've right. <clears throat> frankly, we, we bonded. I've been having a hard time applying her rules for life. They just, I don't think I'm quite ready to integrate them yet. I mean, it's 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 like uh, any sort of religious or or great thought leader. Uh, their rules for life are not something that you just apply. They're something you work toward for your whole life. Right. Um, we may okay. You just get, get incrementally closer. She and I bonded last night in the sense that um, it, I you know I wake up at six forty five for this podcast, but at twelve forty five she woke me up yelling at me. Uh, from the other room because she thought there were ants in her bed. It, but there were not, is the implication. No, no, that's the thing. Is We actually, we lived in, in Florida, in, which is a place where it's entirely possible that there are ants in your bed at any given time. Like, if she had said there were ants in my bed when we lived in Jacksonville, I would have turned on all the lights and checked her whole bed for ants. I live in the middle of a, a, a condo in, in Chicago. There's no ants in her bed. Yes, thank you, Felix. <laughs> well, to be fair, it's it's a low risk situation. If you feel there could be ants in your bed, you might as well 
just go with it because if there really are, I mean, that you're much worse situation. If there aren't, you know, you just got excited a little bit. Yeah, she, well, I mean, this is, she's not one for uh, nightmares very often, thankfully, but this was a particular nightmare situation. Uh, so I'm tired is where I was going with that. Uh, There's just different reasons why we're tired every that's, time. That's true. So I like yeah. this reason. It's it's uh, amusing. <laughs> yeah. Ha- has anything developed since our last talk i mean is there anything major other than world events that we avoid talking about i it's not that we avoid talking about them it's that well i i feel like you and i have so much ground to cover that this is a blessed hour in my day where i'm not reading about world events it's (laughs) i mean we we could talk about world events but um for one hour of the day i'm not checking r slash politics or talking with Shannon about some dumb thing that happened um so it's it's somewhat liberating to not if you want to talk about politics by all means we will talk about whatever you and I want to talk about not explicitly though politics probably appears in everything anyone says I I heard a good thing from Dan Carlin the other day I always hope I get his name right because I keep Accidentally thinking it's the deceased comedian um, George Carlin. Carlin. So, oh yeah, uh, who does that hardcore history podcast? Okay, I I don't know. Was that a question? Yeah, yes, it's a question. (laughs) It was inflected at the end. Uh, Anyway, he had a good thing where he had a side podcast where it's common sense and it's supposed to be him uh, having a discussion about generally political events and societal events and how you know taking a, a balanced approach that sort of avoids all the um, sort of angles that are overly politicized or passionate and um he sort of uh-huh. like has stopped being able to do it and had yeah. sort of an explanation podcast. And he's like, look, I don't have anything to say that you're not already thinking. None of us have enough context right now to be intelligible about this. I mean, we'll just listen to ourselves later and be like, yeah, we didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, so it's interesting because... You, he almost always has something to say about everything. So, yeah, there's. I think that a certain amount of a burnout. Um, all right, hold on one second, Felix. You've got to be quiet during the podcast, sweetie. You can go draw. Go draw in your room, okay? You can take your pencil and stuff and go in your room. Okay. It is Dan Carlin. Dad. All right, I got it. Dan Dan Carlin. Um, yeah, I I think that. The 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 wheels of justice, as it were, turn so slowly that for as many dumb new things that happen every day, and uh, almost literally every day, a lot of it I have started to tune out because it is not uh, impacting anything. Like, the Twitter is a source of news, and someone 
saying something off the cuff on Twitter is not inherently news because it doesn't actually change anything legislatively or otherwise, I guess. Um, so, I mean, I say that as someone who checks this stuff every day, but I just, I can't get, uh, I can't get worked up over that stuff anymore. Um, and I think that like, Somebody like that, like, yeah, that's a worthwhile goal. So is he saying that, it, I mean, to, it's a worthwhile goal for him to try to find, like, a, a a positive sort of explanation in the middle podcast. Is he saying that he'd, wait, tell me why he didn't want to do that anymore again? Well, I don't want to try to interpret what he spent an hour saying, but oh, it was <laughs> it was basically that he feels it's, currently in a place and it's too far off of what we have good contextual way of talking about as far as what's going on and where we've gotten. And not just, you know, like, Hey, Trump seems crazy or something like that. It's that people on every side have been put in a place that is a lot unlike something recent to compare it to and being in the middle of it, it's hard to see where that's going. And he just doesn't feel like he has a body of knowledge sufficient to create a perspective that would help anyone else at that, at this point. Like he feels like he's at the end of where he can be useful about this right now. And so it was like, Oh my goodness. Interesting. Well, where am I then? That's well, what's it? Interestingly, Shannon has been watching a uh, a a series, a TV. I'm the wrong. Really, I should guess Shannon to talk about this because uh, I haven't been watching it. But she's been watching a series on Watergate, and uh, she told me that there's you know like a surprising amount of parallels with Watergate um, in the way that that part of everything is going. Like the you know the the increasingly defensive White House and the. Um, the the kind of slimy goings on around people that the president hired to do things like there there there's a lot of stuff in Watergate that that is very similar to what's going on now the you know the the early on in the investigation firing of of uh, appointees that kind of stuff um, but I I think I see what he means in the sense of like and I I feel this not necessarily in the course of the of the special uh, investigation proceedings and the Mueller stuff, but in just the way that all of it is treated, um, like the, the way that uh, the press is being treated by the white house, the way that the um, narrative uh, that the media pushes shifts uh, from day to day, like the it's, uh, it's difficult because I think that like a centrist viewpoint normally being is pretty honorable. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that there, Oh man, I don't really know where to go with. I, I think that there are a lot of people who feel like there is not a valid point to, there's not a valid balance on the other side. Like there is not a, the center to a, an ostensibly centrist fulcrum is not actually in the middle of the seesaw. You know what I mean? Um, right. And, and, and the, the dialogue in the, the use of, like I said, the use of Twitter as like a, a basically a source of a news article. Like you'll read a news article that says something 
like so-and-so said this, but they didn't say it in a, like what used to be considered an official capacity, right? Like it's not like on a letterhead typed out from, you know, a, an official PR source or, and it's not, uh, something that, uh, came up in a press conference or that is, uh, a press release in any way. It's literally something somebody typed while they were sitting on what's probably a golden toilet in Florida. <laughs> he um, also and not He also uh, says people feel like they lack a common base to talk from anymore. There used to be sources that you'd reference, you know, maybe certain newspapers or something, you know, like, well, the New York Times or blah 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 blah. Right. But now each viewpoint references its own sort of trusted sources and nobody yeah. talks off the same thing anymore. It's almost just so relative that, um, yeah, it's like adjusting to a new type of social interaction. It's very odd. I'm, I'm probably overly idealistic here, but when I say this, but I, that people saying that, is to me people in positions like like he is in i haven't listened to that specific podcast but given the motivation of the thing that he's making based on how you describe it um him saying that seems well i i don't know what the point is of saying that i feel like that is it's um, an throwing in the towel no yeah i, I well yeah, okay. but like the, by saying that you reinforce that being the way of things and i hear that a lot of um and i uh, i don't think he was trying to say he's giving up i'm saying that he's recognizing that as an issue and and trying to see where to go from there um so i mean it is (laughs) i don't know why no it it totally is it it stresses me out i guess that that (laughs) that like i i feel like there i don't know where to go from when people who you know like when he was running that podcast before or anybody who who does something where they kind of try to balance opposing viewpoints they are ignoring a certain percentage of the populace that are not going to have their minds changed like that part of this scenario has never changed um like the the fact that the the sides have gotten significantly uglier or i in my opinion one side has gotten significantly more ugly than the other side um, shouldn't impact that. Like, I don't know what at what threshold that becomes a not a worthwhile pursuit to aim at the people who want to listen. I guess does that make sense? Uh, yeah. But if you don't have, if you're right there with them and you don't have anything to say, um, yeah. or not right there with them, but in a similar feeling of not knowing what to do, um, I think he just says, well, I'm going to focus on talking about things that I can be useful with and let's see where this goes. I mean, it's not really giving up. It's just, I'm, I don't, I only have so much time and I'm not value adding here, but it's an interesting reason why it would have come to that. So knowing him, uh, or what he's produced, it's a, it was a little disconcerting <laughs> that someone like well, that yeah. would feel that way. I was like, oh, my. Right. I, I, in my mind, there are certain people and uh, viewpoint. Like, there are certain people who I 
yeah, the, the, it, when he does that, like maybe that was the right thing for him to do based on what he felt comfortable doing. But I guess I also cling to that a little bit that there are people who are going to continue to uh, going to continue to uh, c- operate as as if everyone had uh, everyone is listening. You know, like when you give a talk, like we talked at one point in about how like we were going to talk a little bit about public speaking oh, yeah. uh, given our different approaches to that like given that I have done it and I think your approach to it is that you haven't done it um <laughs> it's an interesting approach <laughs> yeah well no it's entirely valid um i think that uh like hey guys could, hey could you go in your room please All right, I'm going to clap so I know it's here. Okay, cool. Now, now it's on the waveform, and I don't have to go find it. I'll, I'll edit yours out, too. It's not a big deal. Okay. Um, get, get, go ahead, guys. Let's see. All right. Let's see. Public speaking. Let me start here. So when, you, when you're public speaking, uh, when you're speaking at a conference... Uh, the, the best advice that I've gotten, because I I think one of the things that people worry the most about when they, they go to speak, no matter what the topic is, uh, you know, no matter how innocuous the topic is, your, your worry is that someone is either, there's either somebody who knows way more than you in the audience and has figured out that you're a sham, right? Which is the, you know, standard imposter syndrome thing. Or uh, there's people in the audience who are totally lost because they don't know what, ha- have enough context or understand uh, to uh, to follow along. And the only way that you can operate as a public speaker is to ignore the ends of the spectrum and just focus on what's hopefully the majority of the crowd, which are the people that are just listening to you talk and and hopefully getting something out of it. And I think that like, yeah, the level of discourse in like in a lot of ways is is terrible right now um and people will like shannon and i will go visit fox news just to see if like how they are covering something if at all when something actually some actual big news happens like when uh michael cohen the president's lawyer was uh mm-hmm. was raided that was on the front page uh like below the fold along the sidebar or something right like there there is absolutely measurable you know to an absurd degree uh burying of of certain types of coverage and fox news to the point of it being ridiculous um but that's not new uh it's gotten worse but it's not new and, and to be uh, clear <clears throat> if you want to go just to pick another name um sure to visit msnbc every possible you know indictment against the current president is has a full page spread and you know, it's just one to the next. So it's just the power of the editor, you know, to a, to a degree where I guess, and and um, I don't want to equivocate. That's not to say that you don't see shifts on sides more than one way than the other, depending on the time and the issue. But Right. I don't know how you were tying that into the speech thing, but it's a very true way that people <laughs> arrange information. Well, the speech thing is just that 
if you are in a position of speaking and you want to do it in good faith, um, you you kind it kind of can't be your concern uh, how the how uh, the extremes of the audience are going to react, or even like what the makeup of the audience is in terms of how many of them are extreme one way or the other. Um, there, it requires a certain optimism and uh, a certain sort of like faith in the majority of people being sensible for you to get up on stage and give a talk at a conference or something. Like you know that you're you're hopefully going to deliver information to the middle. You're not going to deliver information well to people who are under informed and and um, don't understand what you're saying. And you and you're gonna hope that that's not that's like you know a small percentage of the crowd, and you're gonna hope that a small percentage of the crowd there will always be people who know more than you or that disagree with you so much that they're mad at you or or are bored or whatever, and you have to you kind of have to assume that that's a small percentage of the crowd too. Um, so to have uh, you know to read the for the umpteenth time an article on. It, uh, and the left is especially bad about this. It's like a, a article, sort of like hand wringing about themselves, like saying, "Like this is it. We can't have these conversations anymore. We've crossed some sort of line." Or you know, declarative op eds that that um, so and so is so and so type of discourse is dead, or that the um, you know, you know what I mean? Like the real dramatic, right. like everyone, yeah. everyone, I know it, uh, I am, I am the one that is declaring that this is this now sort of stuff. And one um, time, maybe, you know, they'll be sort of more right than another and everybody will be like, oh, wow. Well, maybe to a certain amount of people, but these are, these are things that are on a, on a, this, this is always going to be an analog scale of there's, they're never going to be a hundred percent right. Like there is not a. Um, it's, there's not a line that's crossed with the way that people interact uh, uh, past which that there isn't a, uh, yeah, past it's which very that, rare, rare to actually you know be I mean? able to point to a hard break in something like, a, oh, well they passed right. a law where you can no longer do such a, you know, that might be, right. that's very rare. Like really the, yeah. And there, there are things that I think are, that people are trying to establish as hard breaks. I think. Uh, like Roseanne was fired yesterday, so we could talk about that for a second oh, if we have to. Know. Well, the the thing about that is that you know Roseanne was fired for a racist tweet. Um, during I remember during like uh, Obama's campaign, seeing images that were equivalently racist or more so about. Um, about uh Michelle Obama mm-hmm. and and that there was a certain this stuff was always there to a degree is what I'm saying and there was a certain amount of like oh well trolls on the internet what are you gonna do sort of thing and not only that but she's been pushing a bunch of other insane completely insane conspiracy theories that are also deeply offensive in other ways. Yeah. Um, but I guess the thing that we can still rally behind to a certain degree is like overt racism, uh, emphasis on the overt. You're saying it's uh, less tolerated now. Well, I'm saying that like in a like in in a world where you know it is it is true that it's like becoming harder to find a common ground to talk about things because of everyone's varying reference points. Um, and then the conversation shifts to the validity of a reference point, which, you know, it makes, 
I'm sure you, like you've experienced this. Anytime you're trying to talk about something and you end up talking about uh, the information behind it, then now you're talking about something else, and it makes it makes arguments very difficult, right? Right. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that I think that's completely true. But like, I oh man, where was I going with the Roseanne thing? But like, there there are still like a couple of things that we're still clinging to as generally agreeing to be, that we're bad that they're bad, I guess, right? Um, and well, and according, and I, I mean, according to you, it would seem uh, that those <clears throat> things are becoming less tolerated maybe even than they have in the past. I mean, that's almost seems me, like progress. It in a weird way. Well, it's not progress. Not necessarily. It's not like Roseanne was posting that specific, uh, you know, any overtly racist images during the Obama campaign. And now she is, and now she's pinged for it or something, but there is, you do see culture snap back just a little bit. Right, like not mm-hmm. not very much, and not honestly, not near enough. But there is some elasticity to that still. Like there so, are some social mores. Where do you feel that's productive versus like? Wh- where would you say the line of tolerance in in stupid like? Where would you say the tolerance in language <laughs> is versus? You know, this is good. Society is putting their foot down, and society is pulling back from uh, further from interaction of different types of people, right? So, whatever she may be a bad example because she's a little irrational, generally. But oh yeah, I, I guess the the point is is that people have to now figure out how to talk with each other and discuss and understand each other. I mean, the whole thing where nobody understands why Trump got elected, but the people, like, the fact that we can't understand means that we're, it seems that the high reaction against how people are and what they say it's just making it, 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 at one way it's not, it's good. It's like, Hey, it's not okay to be certain ways. We need to stand up for this. And then on the other way, it's like, well, there's a lot of people who don't agree with that and there's no discussion about it. So I don't know. I mean, it's a free yeah. speech thing. It's the idea of when is free speech harmful and the fact that the government's not telling it's marketplace reaction to that but i don't know it, it well, it's no, it's very much not a free speech thing to be clear because she was not arrested for her tweet. oh i'm not talking it's not specifically to say that it's the idea of how i should act as a citizen or just a person to mm-hmm. encourage or I- discourage or encourage the ability for people to be the way they are and talk about it or react against it in such a way that, you know, it no longer happens again. So, I don't know. I'm a little less self-righteous about certain things that I may have been in the past, um, even when I disagree with them, because I think, well, I don't know. Where's the line of 
that for me because it's not just about the government <clears throat> dictating it. It's about what I support or don't support as discussion. Well, I think that's an important uh, distinction uh, that I definitely didn't used to have when I was growing up is that like I, I think that there, the difference between what should be legislated as appropriate speech and what I personally think is is correct or that I personally agree with are two completely different things. Um, I don't, I, man, there's like five to 3,000 different ways to go to branch off of everything you just said. Um, I don't, uh, I'm trying to think of the least cynical way to go about saying this, but like, I don't think that things have changed that much uh, in the last uh, few decades to very to be very honest when we start talking about uh, the idea of um, offensive speech or hate speech and the idea of tolerance for that stuff um, the I think one of the things like aside for, aside from the 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 sitting president um, I think one of the things that has made this conversation difficult is that I don't think conservatives feel like they've changed at like at all, that they're pretty much just doing the same stuff and, uh, and coming from the same place that they've always been coming from. Um, and that is when I was growing up, the idea of like the word tolerance was a negative word. 100%. I, I don't know if you share this at all, but, um, that was that was a big thing was that that, that um tolerance was uh relativism it was it was the implication that there was not a truth that we should all be living by um that it was a way to accept uh behavior that shouldn't be accepted um things like right. that well like that, it, that's not it, new to 2018 the, 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 you know to use the word conservative we use it as a label for different things but <clears throat> mm. The, the implication is that that is the position of the conservative. And you're right, it shifts over time, so it is disingenuous to imagine you think the same thing you used to. But the action of feeling that things should remain more or less the way that they are working or have worked is definitely conservatism right <laughs> yeah no i i mean specifically like the christian conservative uh sort of like post uh like eight, like late 80s early 90s like uh that that era that we were raised in um there there is uh, so all of this what i'm trying to do is talk about the uh, the different ways that that we <laughs> we might all as a society still agree that something is bad or not because that, that mm. feels like where we're, where we're at in a lot of ways is, um, yeah, what's what the latest, what's the last thing that everybody was like rallying around? Like we got to well, fix this. Well, I think that, Oh, we got to fix this. Well, or um, whatever, or we, we're not going to stand for this or this right. is a, or even better yet, well, no, which just sounds like pie in the sky. Like we can do it. You know, like right. a project or something. Well, I mean, nobody was defending Cosby or Roseanne. Uh, no, by nobody, I mean uh, always when you're talking about a huge body of people, the vast, vast majority of people on both sides 
Um, those people do not, I feel like, represent a good faith portion of society in any real degree. Um, I, 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 you, and again, I'm still having to draw some sort of line there where I say that like the conspiracy theories that Roseanne was peddling are like uh, chemtrails level, where like there are always going to be people talking about chemtrails, but we have to function as a society. We can't. We can't. Uh, saying we have chemtrails. to accept the reality of chemtrails. And oh no! Know no! Oh, wait, wait, wait! Oh it. no! Uh, I, uh, oh yes, that's exactly okay. what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Come listen to my other podcast uh, for more information about that. Um, go to r slash. Uh, uh, there's probably is an r slash chemtrails. That's not a good joke at all. Anyway, like we, you, I, I guess that like um, I'm talking about social mores and like uh, general social understandings, and and even the. The Roseanne thing is weird. I, I really hate to continue to bring it up. I really do. Because it's not like she was not in any way representative of like anybody's idea of a high level of discourse. And also it was not society coming down on her. It was a giant company, uh, you know, sticking their thumb in the water and deciding that this one was a little bit too much. So they, they canceled her show. But, you know, they're responsible for any number of other television shows with any number of other viewpoints on it. Um, but it is... Hold on, what? Uh, oh, apparently she kept tweeting. Oh, 200 tweets last night. Good. Okay. That's, that's okay. I'm never, I'm literally never looking at those tweets. Okay. Well, I'm guessing it is society uh, as far as the corporation just wants yeah, to. Yeah, but that's just, that's a maintain sure. profit. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's how any of that goes, right? Like, it, it, somebody is going to stay on the air with the company as long as that company's uh yeah i mean this now we're talking about capitalism um but anyway uh so you're what saying I'm trying, to, I'm trying to talk about like the the uh the general understanding uh across the aisles between uh liberals and uh, and i'm gonna i'm gonna equivocate i'm gonna describe the two camps even though there are more than two camps from the from the christian conservative viewpoint there are two camps which is christian conservatives and liberals and that is that is that was the reality of of how we were raised um is there's this very and like when we went to summit uh which was a christian college and our christian camp in uh in tennessee in like the late when did we go like the late 90s um there was a very much a like an overt presentation of uh there being two battling viewpoints of the the christian uh conservative and the liberal humanist right um right and so like what i'm uh what i'm talking about is like uh what things exist kind of outside of that that both sides will come together on um, and I do feel like that that area is getting smaller, um, but I think that the the way that we were brought up and the the way that the um, the way that the Christian conservative uh, s- sort of sets up their viewpoint, um, any sort of like correlation with the other side side is like a happy coincidence at best. Um, be, because man, sorry, I really don't want to. I don't want to come at this too harshly, uh, but like, there, the reason that tolerance is not a, a a thing is because tolerance represents 
uh, relativism and represents lack of respect for there being a God's single truth um, in a matter. Which itself is a specific interpretation of the truth that they feel is revealed to them. Right. And depending on how hardcore you get uh, with, uh, with your viewpoint, like I had a very strictly Calvinist um, uh, roommate at, at one point, and uh, for people who aren't Christians, you know, their eyes will glaze over. But the difference between the Calvinist and the Arminian, which I'm going to get wrong because I'm going to simplify it too much, is that um, a Calvinist believes that literally, a, a, at the most strict form, a Calvinist belie- believes every behavior is predetermined. Um, and that, and sort of, I forget if it's like a tangential thing or what, but they also believe that the, um, and, and you only have access to truth through God, so that by definition, someone who is not a Christian cannot, uh, cannot truly access truth. As, as like a, well, a theological not, concept? Well, yeah. Do you remember I, this? It depends on how far you want to take truth. I think well, the general idea there is that you cannot, the truth of God and, and salvation can only be revealed to you uh, via divine means. And so you are either elected to have that ability and be given that right. chance, or you are not. And I, um, I think I'm, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there might be implications for how people, you know, view others who they see as potentially non-elected, because you can never really know. But I I could see where you're going with that. Yeah, I mean, I I, and I'm describing like the the real um, the real end of the spectrum there, um, where the it's not just divine truth; it's like truth about God's creation and the nature of man and all other forms of truth. And at that point. So, uh, by the way, we have a, a politics channel on Work Slack, and we joke all the time about how we have to keep it from turning into re- the religion channel. Um, it, really? It's for, well, it's for this reason. It's, it's because uh, it's really hard. I feel like you need really to hard. throw me on that Slack channel. I feel like I could stir some things up. Oh, I have to maintain this job. I can't have you coming in there wrecking, wrecking the place. I'll, I'll um, act like I got there on accident. <laughs> What? What am I doing in this private <laughs> Yes, I realize it's not how Slack works, but I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so, but the, the reason that it comes, it comes around like that it, to me is that um, you're dealing with a side that f- in a, uh, if you go far enough down that, <clears throat> down the conservative Christian side, you're dealing with people who um, at a most extreme think that people who aren't Christian are spiritually incapable of divining truth and at the more mild side um are have decided upon basically all of their tenets and and view them as universally true um and are and are ostensibly making their decisions to uh back up those truths um and so like they're at that level tolerance doesn't make any sense to that person, like, why would I, um, like, I, I'm losing in in their in their mind. You're losing the country uh, to people who will allow just anything to happen. Um, you know what I mean? You're, you're, yeah. Civil not, civil rights not being a great example, but compromise. I'm to think of like, yeah, compromise with a very negative 
situation right. because it's all compromises. It's not you thinking, well, I don't have all the answers, but let me try to push what I feel is I'm most certain on and um, right. have that balanced with what they might want to get out of it that I'm not highly opposed to. It's sort of like all compromise at the smallest level is is almost untenable. It's not – there's no – there's not enough uncertainty or perhaps humility in viewpoints. And that's not unique to conservatives, but talking on what we are talking on now, it is more of a problem um, when it is tied to – a religion, an identity, generally. So that shows up. <clears throat> yeah, a lot. and like I, I but religion I can't is talk, a strong I, identity, right? I don't want to talk about the an entirety of conservatism as a viewpoint. I don't have the context for that. Um, but what I do have a very personal context for is the specific uh, Christian conservative viewpoint, and like those people voted over eighty percent or something. Like yeah, that. I, I want to say you know what I mean, like. Yep. There's a there's a really strong core there, um, and there's a reason that there is not been there 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 is not a uh, productive dialogue to be had between those people and uh, and uh, an opposing side, and there's a there's a systematic reason for that. I think um, it's I Christianity itself, uh, at least here as I I have experienced it, boxes itself in by making making one pick every view very specifically down to a level where, you know, it, it's fairly set. And that's really your identity, your deepest identity. But if that's where you're being pushed, to set that level of your identity down to such low levels, that then interacting with anything else is how we've been describing it. It's not, <clears throat> you're not being... You're being true to who you believe you are at that lowest level, but it's allowing no flexibility at all because it's an over-certainty. And I think that, um, that, that there, I don't know where that expectation came from in Christianity to be so overly certain. It almost is all about humility and belief, and then all of a sudden also hyper-certainty and uh, dogmatic sort of uh, structure. I, I don't know. I, I have a I lot mean, of think, ideas on it. I think that, like that, that that a little bit of how you build a and defend a religion uh, is you kind of have to, in order to to keep everything, keep the walls up. I guess uh, you have to have a little bit of that defensive uh, definition of things. Um, to be like extremely overt with it, like at at Summit, like there was that that place is specifically there to keep you from becoming not a Christian while you're in college. Like that is the, the stated base, uh, the, like the yes. stated uh, mission of Summit. However, and it's a specific uh -huh. type of Christian, right? I think that they would be more successful if it was to follow and maintain your understanding of the value of Christianity rather than maintain your specific view of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, it does. It's just that the, um, that requires 
uh, a lot of like as what you describe of as humility that some other I, I could I could see Christians describing as um, uncertainty of salvation or uh, you know not being strong in the word or you know we could start rattling off uh, various catchphrases here. Um, but instead we went to a summit where there was, there was a person I remember, do you remember the old guy with the baseball field thing, the baseball diamond thing? Uh, I, don't I know probably you, would, but I'm not sure I'm right. getting you right off the bat. He was like, uh, this is the, 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 um, the team that you're playing against. And it was one of the older, older, more crotchety dudes at summit. And, uh, I'm going to dig out my baseball diamond. I, I have all of the summit folders. They're actually in storage here. Um, I have that on my list to do I'll just, I want to poke at them and see what we can. Um, anyway, so oh, yeah, he, he I said like that, that this is your, this is the team you're playing against. This is like the secular humanists. And he's like, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is on first and, uh, Carl Sagan is pitching and, and, and so on and so forth, you know, on down the line. Um, Wait, I'm not on, I have to be on the other team. I'm not on Carl Sagan's team. No, no. Carl Sagan is out to get you. That's the whole point of really summit <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as an organization. It's that the, the summit is not there for you to, um, uh, to initiate dialogue except in the sense of apologetics. Like it's, Summit's supposed to put you in the mindset that you show up in college and you're surrounded by um, either uh, people of, for whom you already have a label, right? Like you've right, already, you've, right. you're coming into Summit, you're like, oh, this person's an agnostic or an atheist. And we, you know what you all really are? You're all 18. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're surrounded by um, people for whom you've, you're prepared to categorize um, their entire worldview, uh, and you're, you've got a professor up front who's like get, g- gets uh, glee out of humiliating Christians, and you're supposed to be able to stand up and give a uh, give a reason for what you believe. You know, like that's they, the they, scenario. That's the that's the it's 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 that's the scenario. It's it's that it prepares you. I think it's like tremendously unhealthy now that I'm an adult, but it prepares you for, um, being, for being the, like, uh, the one guy, the, like the minority, uh, it prepares you for viewing culture as a whole as, uh, incidentally helpful to Christianity at best and actively harmful to Christianity at worst. Like there, there is so like to loop back to the social more thing and the and the like, um, the the Roseanne firing or the Cosby or like one of these other like and unfortunately they keep ending up being like pop culture arrest uh, arrests. Well, they're most or, uh, socially or visible. Yeah, I guess so. It, it, like to, trying to, I'm just trying to grab anything that like we kind of could both agree that both sides were like not mad about. Um, to when that stuff happens that's like uh it's it's more or less a coincidence like i don't think that christians i uh, think that our generation or our subset of a subset of of religion uh were raised uh t- with an optimistic view of society or even with like a responsibility towards society in any way did you say Does we're not sense? we're not we're not we're raised well, thinking okay, that so like well it was fr- it's framed differently it's that our our responsibility to society is to 
improve and save it by implementing or standing up for certain things that will be will lead us to a better place than the natural unchanged flow of humanity's efforts right so yeah but where i i definitely see that from the perspective you're coming at it <clears throat> that there is a certain lack of care in that well i'm trying to help you but you know you're not going to change me i'm trying to change you and i hope you listen right so there's the, the what you see at some is making sure that you start off not thinking you should change and and seeing that you have something that you can try to give to society but at the very least you know you're going to be okay um and sure, that isn't yeah. that's not a help that it doesn't give you flexibility it doesn't help you understand that everything is more complex than anyone can nail it down to be and so the humility aspects there um maybe it hurt but the defense i would give summit is that it was trying to make you think more it, uh, granted oh, sure. in a certain direction but it was trying to bring information into the conversation to you from a viewpoint. And I feel that that's sadly lacking on from every perspective on the whole for kids. Right. I think it something yeah. like summit could really be valuable if it was based around critical thinking, even when you, even when you say from a Christian perspective, say, Hey, you know, I truly believe this, this is a valuable thing. But having that be the background to critical thinking and preparing you to, uh, you know, the, the idea in Christianity of caring about others is super central. And so if you really combine that idea with building you as a person and, and interacting and seeing people as people, it, all those things, I'm not going to go far into it. Like, yeah, it's, it's not far off from being something that I would definitely be about. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the fundamental thing I have, a, I wonder if there would be a way to reconcile uh, in this scenario of sort of a um, enlightened summit uh, <laughs> that uh, instead of, uh, I think they even ref reference it as like a boot camp or like a preparation for, for the combat of the, the secular college campus, all that stuff. Um, if it was more of like a place of learning and dialogue, um, dialogue, you know, being, uh, the operative term there with, you know, both sides. Um, I, I don't know that the, that the, uh, overall view there is an overall view of society and the direction it's headed and the the reason it's there and the reason that the rules of society exist that i don't i don't know if that is something that um that there there can be middle ground on because very uh i think by definition uh conservative christianity views society as ultimately doomed right but but heading in the wrong direction and sort of inherently bad sort and of when the you talk about 
Yeah, the apocalyptic or like even even on the more basic level of like the the sinful nature of man uh view society as as um sort of a permanent problem uh like the, and you see this in the in the sort of semi-coded language of the like my I, my parents like to call uh, uh to say that like where this is a post-christian society with the implication being that at some point in the past uh like the united states was more christian and had fewer humanitarian oh, like i assume fewer social and humanitarian problems although i don't think that's the case i think it's more that there were fewer like religious problems um and the, the that implication is that like society society was better when it was more christian and as society becomes more uh diverse and less christian a christian's role in society is to sort of save people from society but i don't know that there um i don't know that there's a clear route forward to like why why i don't think that there's a clear route forward for a christian to believe in the progress of of society in the same way that a non-christian would because there is this sort of like behind behind it all there is this very fundamental view that that society is not and it's not something to save or it's not something to improve um it's something to make more christian or not or less christian do you know what i mean like that's that's the metric of improvement is whether it's more christian or not yeah, I definitely agree. I would again, I would go back to the idea that what that means is going to determine what that action is. It, it, yeah, more than just say being a Christian in society and the effect that will have. It seems more like what's actually taught, right? Um. If you took away a lot of the religious language uh, or specific religious language from a lot of the things that you can pull from, you know, specifically the New Testament, you'll get the idea that it's good to not bend completely to a society where you find it is harming itself where it's harmful to you because there are harmful behaviors and there's ways that make you better. Right. And so to promote those and discourage harmful behavior, it's all great. But as soon as you get down to the certainty levels and specific actions, it's quickly turned around into something, uh, almost antithetical to what it was intending to be. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I right, mean, like it's just it's, to quickly throw in, mm. uh, just to quickly throw in that <clears throat> people like identity, as we've discussed before. So there yeah. are many as well. I would say progressive is a more neutral term if you're not strictly coming from a, a opposite viewpoint. That the. the mm-hmm tendency for progressives they might change their identity situations more fluidly it might not be tied to something monolithic but just like christianity changes uh progressive mm-hmm. identity hot topics change and to associate with those strongly is to 
create a situation where you react very strongly to things that counter those. So it's not as easy to point out as a religion that's been around for thousands of years, but the identities associated with progressivism um, push people to act that way as well because that's how people act, right? It's a, it is a destructive tendency of ours to try to survive. And if we're not given a situation where we can flourish safely either way, we're constantly on our guard. Um, <clears throat> it's like, what was that? I was just listening to the Leviathan, you know, the, it, that really old Hobbes where like okay. the natural state is like, everybody doesn't want to die. So nobody can do anything selfless. Right. It's sort of like a societal, a civil societal version of that with words where we don't trust anything and we're not letting ourselves trust anything. And so we're just sort of holding our ideals um, like so close just to keep them alive. Right. Yeah. I, and I, I think there was a, a guy that gave a talk at work a couple months ago uh, where he talked about like uh, the maximum operating uh, number for a group of humans before things start to splinter is like 130 or something like that. Below 130, you're pretty much, you have enough people to get stuff done and you can sort of all unify around like, let's all not die. Um, and above that, it starts, you know, it starts to splinter out uh, a, a lot more. Like it's, it's hard to have a working, uh, it, the more people you, you know, you get above a certain threshold of everyone knowing everyone's face. Um, the harder it is to have a functioning society. Um, I, yeah. And I, I think you're right. Like any group, anybody who strongly associates with a group is going to react strongly against other groups. Um, the, the, the thing that I'm sort of like feeling out now looking back, uh, is that there's sort of that, be, that looking at other groups as, as inherently harmful or wrong is, endemic to the that like uh the the summit sort of conservative christian uh like that that is built into that um to the degree that um you know we look at it now and we're like why uh you know why why were words like or you know even currently why are words like tolerance and uh um, diversity sort of looked upon negatively or there's, there's a little bit of like a liberal baggage to those words. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's how they're used. Um, and I, I think which creates well, the problem. Yeah. Sure. Maybe. <clears throat> Initially. I, I, sure, sure. But uh, like, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I think that, uh, if I heard that a pastor was tolerant, even today, what I would know that that really meant is that like, there was, that he like like he was cool with homosexuality. Yeah, or he allows would, gay yep. couples to be members. Right. There, there's almost like yeah. <laughs> there's that that whole dialogue is already built into uh, a adjective and a noun. Like that's all there. Um, but what I'm saying is like uh, when you uh, when you you've built up this this. Uh, um, viewpoint that like by definition already like we've said is is something that is is inherently defensive and uh defines everything that you you believe as being sort of set 
by the time, you know, and this was a camp for like 16 or 17 year olds, right? Um, you, and you define that everything is set there. Like diversity is not an, a, a positive uh, a positive attribute diversity of society. Diversity of opinion? Diversity of almost anything. Is not, like, unfortunately, everything gets thrown out with the bathwater, right? The word diversity becomes inherently a little bit. The word diversity becomes forced diversity. Like. It becomes, it becomes uh, I'm just saying like the concept of, of diversity as a positive attribute of society is not necessarily there. Like, um, and, and that creates, or like uh, tolerant society, not necessarily a positive aspect of society. Um, if if you are coming at everything from the viewpoint of society needing to be something that you have to save people from, right? Um, because it is not a Christian society. So, uh, and I, uh, to try to like work this back, what I'm what I'm saying is like w- like when we talk about like the there being like a lack of middle ground, and uh, cer- certainly like uh, people only looking at Fox News or or Drudge Report or whatever is going to make a lot of those conversations hard. But a lot of the people who I uh, know now, who I like, kind of try to helpfully like. I'm actually the the guy on the politics channel sometimes providing a like. Oh, here's the you know the right wing like viewpoint on this, just so you guys know what's up. Like this is what those other people are thinking. It's because those people don't like they 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 have a certain amount of assumptions, and they're they're kind of blown away when they realize that like. <laughs> That that there's that we don't have a shared society societal goal of that they they don't share a goal of tolerance and diversity or we, I'm just using two buzzwords that are normally you know normally highly representative of one side but there's like a a systematic reason that those those words are not representative of the other side and that like there there's a lot more stuff like that where it's not like we still sort of uh, you know can unify around overt racism like I said. Um, but there's a lot of other stuff that we, that we, um, that we can't unify on because of, uh, because there, because the, the, uh, there is not a shared understanding of what the goal of society even is between the two sides. Does that make sense? This has been a really weird hour. <laughs> going to be honest. Uh, it makes sense. It's, <clears throat> How much that's different than it used to be, I guess, is the question, you know, where's that going? Yeah, and I think that, like, that there are um, very loud bad actors who make the difference seem worse than it used to be, Um, and unfortunately, uh, they are given as big a platform as anyone else, um, because, you know, Twitter is a flat uh, area where (laughs) Twitter is a flat circle. Twitter is a dumpster fire in which everyone is equally on fire. Um, and uh, and the, they have exaggerated the, the ends of the spectrum, um, to be sure. But um, So it seems worse, I guess, and it probably is in a lot of ways because those people are louder and because there are um, varying amounts of uh, people who in good or bad faith or real or not real accounts uh, amplify that opinion. But what I'm I'm trying to say is that there's a there is a core like uh, gap there that um, that the conservative Christian side has been building for a really long time and is sort of uh, inherent to the to the viewpoint. Um, so like I, I I guess I'm not surprised by a lot of it because it is 
it is just that playing out. And it's more things being kind of like, if you come into all of this with, uh, with prepared to be the minority in the room and mm-hmm. you've grown up being prepared to be the, 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 uh, the Christian light in a sea of, in a sea of societal darkness, like you're not going to flinch at, at, um, any number of people, you know, like, uh, any number of people thinking negatively of you or whatever. And, and you're not there to make society better. You're there to look in at society and maybe try to pull people out of it. If you're feeling particularly evangelical that day. (laughs) So like, so like, uh, you know, and, and to them and uh, this, uh, I don't want to get into, well, any, we run out of time, I think, but like, to to them like the ugliness of the the current white house or the you know the the behavior of of people in it and things like that are are not they're just means to an end like they they're they don't they just see those people as also evil or like you know sort of fight fire with fire kind of thing where like they they really had no skin in the game to begin with and it, it at least this person is going to prayer breakfasts or whatever like i remember when trump was campaigning right. my it parents it's so my, overly you know, simplified <clears throat> right, because it's so hard to deal with the real grayness of how to how to practically live. It's the idea of treating the Bible like a like a rule book to begin. Right. With. I don't want to go too far back into it, but yeah, no, it's, it's the idea it's, of yeah. of having this set of rules and um, oversimplifying things to the point where. The only thing you know to be able to say is different is that this person prays and this person doesn't. And I don't even know if you feel that way. It's just at some point, it, it's just like a way to go. And so uh, uh, people are people. They're not very different. It just depends on where they got with their views or how, you know, where you raised, whatever. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, they could cons, quote conservatism versus progressivism. It's a necessary balance, and more than necessary, it's an inescapable balance, right? Um, it's it's just how people end up dividing, and it creates a sustainable and almost always in the end progression through uh, and an upward motion of society at least historically and we don't have we only have like four thousand years of info on this but you know not like it couldn't go backwards but it seems to go forwards generally yeah so it's not an evil in and of itself but a christianity that could still call itself conservative but has its idea ideas less in the specific dogmatic sense and more in the societal outreach sense and um and love and improvement etc i mean it could be a major positive force that maybe that's overly optimistic but your assessment of it sadly is more true of it right now yeah and like i i think that there is a possibility that that there that yeah that you're right that that's some sort of in like enlightened of course enlightened also sort of a negative buzzword um for what it's worth but like an enlightened christianity might enlightened actually means new idea 
I, I oh I know. <laughs> um, but like uh, yeah, there there is a there there is a, that possibility. But like, um, I I feel like I'm still meeting people that are that are caught off guard by the behavior of Christians or the things Christians are willing to defend or um, Im- implicitly defend or tacitly support. And, and, uh, and, and it, to me, it does come down to like Christians viewing society as sort of like a hostile battleground and that like uh, the people like Trump or, or any, or anyone with these other like scumbags like uh, Roy Moore, who I think it's pretty safe to just open, like call a, a, a uh, Roy Moore scumbag, but to a, you know, again, we have to, you know, kind of chop off the ends of any societal opinion to have a real conversation. <laughs> um, so I'm going to throw him in the, the chemtrails bucket for now. Um, but like they're, they're, they're blown away by, by the Christian's ability to defend certain things or to be for certain things. But I think that if you see all of society as, as hostile um, and post-Christian and, and um, beyond saving on a macro level, then, like, no, you don't really blink at throwing somebody like Trump at the White House because, in your mind, you're just using a you're you're just like getting somebody in there who's probably as ugly, just as ugly as everybody else. One of my close family members defined Trump as their second least favorite candidate of the election. Um, like they're 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 just saying like, well, we'll get this guy in there, and at least. Like I said, at least he'll go to pair breakfast. Or in the in the case of Trump, at one point during the campaign, he met with, uh, I guess he met with a bunch of pastors, and that played a lot better than probably he even realized, um, because it it uh, all those people are looking for is is a um, sort of like a, a representative in the in what they view as a otherwise hostile ground. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. I say and that, it's my, I should say that makes, does that make sense more often? <laughs> does that make sense? And uh, then if I pause too long, you just, you know, just pretend and just go back five minutes and start trying a different tactic. Oh, really? I just figured I'd just end the podcast at that point. Oh, okay. There, I'll just end the podcast. <laughs>